Welcome back. Yeah. It's Friday. It is Friday, March second. I'm gonna get this date right. It's yeah, March second today. It's not Thanksgiving or Valentine's Day. No longer. Two dates that throw me off always for some reason <laughs> and make me hungry for whatever reason. <laughs> but you know, hey. So, um, what this is episode number eight. Eight. That means that we have done this eight weeks in a row. That's two months. Two months. Two months that we've been boring you guys. I'm just kidding. You guys know we're so funny. We're the best. Uh, but we're, the, we're the best at Talk Story podcast. And if it's kind of your first time, this is Bradley Wells. And this is Christian David Lazio. I'm from First Surf Shop, uh, Division Winwood, which is a skate shop out in Winwood. I'm from Thank You Serving and New York. And, and New York. And, and my family, and my mom and dad, and everywhere else I've been. And we're just a couple of average guys that, you know, love surf. We talk about surf. We talk about things that revolve around surf. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, just kind of keeping it easy breezy. This is the story. So... Let's crack right into it, because you know there's people out there kind of like jittery and, yeah. you know, like surf report and weather forecasting. And we're, right, we're going to get to it. We are getting to that. There's a little teaser right here. I know. Keep you in here. Uh, so weekly happenings. This is our standard. What the hell's happening and serving in in South Beach and in Miami in general? As far as events, events. What's going on? What's the haps, as some would say? Um, I, I got nothing. Got nothing? <laughs> I know that we got a video coming up with Visla. Oh yeah. Uh, Cam Anderson's new one. Oh cool. Um, it's not that long, but we got. Well, we're not really sure if we're, we're going to have it here at this store or if we're going to do it in Wynwood because it's such a good fun spot over there as yeah. well. That's so stay tuned, we'll kind of have something figured out. I know that we're working with Surfrider to be able to do another event that we did here with Concrete Brewery. Oh, cool. Um, do another, um, you know, beach cleanup, have a bunch of boards on the beach, so people kind of, so we're talking about maybe like International Surf Day or maybe a day before that. I know that's still like June. June. I know. But we're going to have another party before that. You know, we, we don't need a reason to have fun. No, so, that's for sure. But, oh, cool. So working on some programming. Uh, what I am intrigued in is what you mentioned about your tacos that you make and stuff like that. Like oh. a couple of events that we've had before. Bradley, if you guys don't know, makes an epic shredded beef taco. Is it pork? Pork. Pork. Usually pork. Dig on the swine. A big, big on swine. Big on swine. So maybe we can host another one of those things. Yeah. I think next time, well, I don't want to foreshadow too much, but... Looks like we got a swell inbound, so Maybe when soon. yeah, so when that all comes together, we can do like a little impromptu thing here. At the I shop. mean, who doesn't like surfing, uh-huh. having brews, and tacos right afterwards? And then also maybe have some of the local photogs put their memory sticks in the computer. Put can I tell you how much I love the fact that we have so many more photographers out there, and we have really good photographers yeah. that do awesome stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many it's more incredible. eyes, so it's it's kind of killer. And I don't know, we have. Some stuff coming up in the next couple of days for Waves. It'd be really exciting to see what these guys got. Yeah, no. So I think uh, next few days, sometime maybe early next week, we should probably do like one of those little, I don't even know what the hell it is, uh, party. Who's a in? A wave party. <laughs> and uh, tacos, some beverages, put some stuff up on the screen. Everyone kind of peanut gallery it up. Oh, I love those. Yeah. There's just something about the energy when everyone's just stoked, everyone's smiling, yeah, yeah. everyone's got waves, there's like high fives, and it's just like everyone's just stoked to be around each other. It's like this uplifting feeling. It's a holiday. Yeah, it is for us, you know. <laughs> a lot of it's because we don't get waves much. They're like, woo, we're 
that way. It's, but it is. It's, yeah. So you wait that long, and you all know that you've been waiting that long, and so when you actually do get waves, and everyone gets surfed out, and then you like kind of fall into the surf shop after. Yeah, right. And then there's like beverages, and wait, there's a taco, and wait, is that picture? Is that me? You know, it's like it's it such adds, fun. It adds yeah. the whole experience. Yeah. Nobody wants to leave. It's like eleven o'clock, and you're like, I really gotta. Wake up in the morning. And because like, there could be waves again. Right, yeah. <laughs> so it's good stuff. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so uh, I guess we'll keep you guys updated on social media as to what the hell is going on with uh, any sort of post-swell party that could be going on. Tacos. Um, but we have uh, other things going on in the neighborhood. Um, kite surfing is coming before the city of Miami Beach. There's um, some issue as to where is the safest place to do it, where is the correct place to do it. Um, there's a lot of, I guess, historical norms and where it's been, been going on. A lot of people that are informed and maybe not so informed. Right, and you know, it, it, it's a hard thing. You know, Miami Beach is only so big. Yeah. And you know, we're, we're, our, our city is based on tourism. So uh, the area that originally Kiters had was one beach or a stretch of beach between 25th and 29th Street on on Miami Beach, and um, the reason they were able to do so was there was no lifeguard tower there. And the city has an ordinance that within, you know, within a hundred, uh, 450 feet of every tower, um, you're not allowed to have any sort of kite sports or anything along those lines. Uh -huh. um, so what did the city do after a bunch of neighbors had complained about kiters? And honestly, in the 10 years that they had the kiters there, it's only maybe been six different incidences there, whereas if you go on the boardwalk, on Miami Beach where people run and bicycle on, way more incidences that happen there. Crazy. So yeah, so it's crazy when you kind of relay it like that and, and you know, the city just did a sneaky thing where they put a lifeguard tower right in the middle of where they were doing it at, so it kind of prevents it and it only left them with like a hundred feet to be able to kind of launch and put all their stuff out. Now it's hard because where they're doing it at, there's hotels all around, there's condos, you know, so you and it's a mix of people that know what they're doing, that are IKO certified, as well as people that are kind of beginning. And then there's those schools that are running out of there. So just realistically, there's too much going on in one little area. So they've broken it down into saying, hey, we should have a couple different beaches or different beach areas that are designated for, okay, if you're a beginner, then this is the beach you should be launching at, which is I think the 75th Street area, uh, which is the North Beach area of the beach. Um, then there was two other beaches, one's in the 50s, and then back with the original spot, 29th, that were more for people that are IKO certified level three. Um, and they would note that by um, a, a certain handkerchief color that they would put on their, on their kites. So that, because a lot of it is enforcement. Like, how do you enforce these things? How do you, somebody coming from another country that, that knows how to kite, but may not know the area, may not be that good, like, who's gonna say this, this, and this? You know, one of the hardest things that the city has is the ability to enforce. You know, so what are you going to get code? Code can't even handle some of the things out there already. Yeah. What do they have to come out there? So they're trying to make everybody happy. Um, the kite group have a great amount of people that are pushing this. Um, as surfers, you know, I might not kite, but I support them and what they're doing because, you know, it's a water sport. We're surrounded by water. We're, I mean, this is what people move and live here for. And, yeah. and um, you know, the demographics of people that kite, it's not a cheap sport, <laughs> you know. So most times people that kite have pretty decent amount of dispensable income. Um, so they kind of, yeah, yeah, they're spending it locally, whether it is that they're buying condos here or they're going out to the restaurant. So um, First Surf Shop supports the movement. We hope that, you know, the city does the right thing, which is difficult. Uh, and hopefully all it is is that they just designate the areas, make it so that you're good, you're at here, you're not so good, you're going over here. And that everyone just some signage for everybody to know.
Well, this is all happening in uh, the city of Miami Beach right now, and so if you have an opinion about what we've been talking about, make your voice heard. You live here, or you vacation here, so if we haven't heard from you, it's your own fault. <laughs> Absolutely, and also on Facebook, there's plenty of local groups. If you just probably look up Miami Beach kiteboarding, you'll find that there's plenty of local groups that will give a lot more information. Uh, next Wednesday is a neighborhoods meeting, or the, or the goes before the commission, uh, to go ahead and discuss the proposal of the stuff. So get informed, um, jump out there, help out if you can, uh, because it could be kite surfing one day and it could be kayaking another or surfing, you know? Right. So in a sense, we, even though you don't do all the sports, we've got to kind of look out for each other, for sure. All right, what else we got? Um, oh, you know what? Uh, Scott Stripling was here earlier when I showed up at the shop and they are doing uh, what's... Uh, the Blue Canada. Water Task Force right. from Surfrider, uh, Surfrider Foundation, uh, specifically Surfrider Edition Miami, Miami, South Florida chapter, and uh, they've got a lab set up in the in, shop. <laughs> so yeah, we 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 kind of carved out a little space for them to set up their you know their testing equipment uh, to go ahead and just test our local waters, both on the ocean as well as the bay. Um, the state of Florida's Department of Health have kind of cut back on a lot of their budgets and some of that has to do with local water testing so we said well if they're going to drop the ball let's pick up the slack however we can nice um for me it was a matter of how can i help i got to carve out a little spice that's super easy so you know surf riders done such a phenomenal job about helping out with our sand dune restorations as well as cleaning up on the beach um so it's it's really nice to see how big that group has gotten and how just involved they are like you have so many different people now that just come into the store and say, hey, I'm here to test the water. They go out, they do the test, they come back, and they, you know, the next day, and they get the, the, the test results. And, you know, they've been working on the baseline. I think we're there, and yeah. we'll be able to test all the, you know, the five different spots on the beaches from here all the way up to Hallover, and then start testing the bays. Because um, we have different access points on the bay that get a little bit dirtier than and others. Right. And so it's, it's kind of good for us to know what's out there. Yeah, so keeping the tabs on the pulse of what's happening with the water quality, I mean, as a surfer, you're basically the canary in the coal mine. Right. Right now, the way the city, I mean, the state operates is that testing is done so often. Right. And tests come back, and they have to verify that the results are uh, what they are. And by the time that all happens, you're already were in the water as a surfer, and they've gotten sick. So right. this is uh, a little bit maybe more uh, proactive. Right. A stance. I will. In, in, in I will say that there are times before where. We've heard the water quality wasn't that great. Yeah. There's still guys out there, but at least you know. At yeah. least you know if you're getting sick. I was warned. Well, the, uh, the fact of the matter is, a lot of times those warnings come out was because there was bad water right. in previous days. Right. But it doesn't mean that the water is bad today. It just right. means two days ago the water And that's was the thing is you, you test it one day and you don't get the results until the following day. Right. And then, but like... You know, ocean has a way of being able to kind of cleanse herself, and then right. it doesn't. Mess, then, if you you literally would almost have to test every single day in order to get a consistent pattern of what the following day is going to, you know. And frankly, yeah. I would even say more than that right. due to tidal changes and rainstorms that come through, and right. a million other factors that happen in the subtropics here. But anyway, that's a, probably a conversation for another day. Yeah, surf water just went. <sighs> yeah, they're working on it. Uh, we should have them come in. To, uh, maybe do. Uh, a yeah. Little, Talk story about what they've been doing. And maybe That's great. Issues. Good idea. Um, yeah. Especially now that we're coming into spring break and we have so many people here. Yeah. So many people in the water. So many people, you know, it'd be. It's important. Right. It's, like you said before, we all come here uh, in one way or another for the water. Yeah. To live in a beach community. So um, making sure that the water quality is it's a big deal. So um, props to Surfrider Foundation Miami. 
and uh, to you guys. Yeah, first job. Nice work. I All mean, right. we're trying. You know, whatever we can do. Sometimes we can't be out there to pick up trash on our own. So if we can go ahead and donate a board for a, a raffle that helps them raise some money, or if we can go ahead and provide a lab, you know, or anything helps. We all don't have to help the same way, but if you help in one way or another, we all get to some point. Yeah. You know? Pitch in a little bit, yeah. however you can. I agree. Um, oh, so you guys know that there's a big swell coming. Really? So it's all of, all over everyone's Instagram feeds, all over social media, all over all the surf websites. So I want to let you know that if you're really a nerd about this stuff, you can go on thankyousurfing.com. I got a little tab at the top called Surf Science, and it's got pretty much every link that I use to do my forecasting. And so you can go in there and like nerd out for hours. I mean, I'll be honest, it's not the easiest thing to, right. to wade through. Right. There's a lot of like highly technical information in there. Some not so. Would, would you encourage somebody to like? I mean, like maybe like research the terminology and the jargon that's used so that you're better able to understand what, you know, because I'm guessing across the board, meteorologists are using the same kind of wording for things for the most part. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just like any sort of um, art or science, there's like a terminology. Right. Um, Unless you're dubba and you're just using... Oh, uh, chicky? Oh, you're just using lyrics and you're like, man, this guy's crazy, but I love him. We'll get back to chicky in a second. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, expose yourself to what's out there. I try to cherry pick all the stuff that I really like. Um, the stuff that may be more relevant to a surf forecaster than just a weather forecaster or something. Um, but yeah, check out the surf science. Just click around. You'll see all the kinds of stuff that I'm into um, that, that helps me forecast. And then you can start to piece it together. You know, like I drop hints about how I come to certain conclusions through all the different reports and forecasts that I put out there. And from what I'm told, it's not an exact science. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> let's, let's just get into it because I know this is probably what everybody wants to know about is What's happening? Well, um, okay, wait, can we first go into what happened a couple of days ago with that little swell that we got? Oh, yeah, sure. What day is today? We're on Friday. What was that, a Wednesday? Yeah, so actually, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, as a forecaster, one of the things that's really important is going back and understanding uh, what you predicted right. and then what actually happened. Right. It's the only way you can really improve and, and hold yourself accountable. Um, I'm getting better at holding myself accountable. I definitely know that all you guys hold me accountable when I say it's gonna be good and then it's not, like, I get crap. Or if I say it's knee high and it was waist high, someone would be like, I brought the wrong board, you're a jerk. But anyway. <laughs> Stop by first surf shop, we'll take care. Yeah, you'll get you a new board. Um, it is, it's really, it's a really difficult thing to piece all together. Um, and I can imagine that little pause before you, you, you put the, the forecast out, you're like, let me just proofread this one more yeah, time. Absolutely. Again. I mean, I feel like a, a responsibility sure. to put out information that's good information. Right. Um, and it's hard to, to know what's good information sometimes because, like you said, it's an art as well as it's a science. Sure. Um, and South Beach is hard. Really. Bermuda Triangle. Really. Claimed it a while ago. I'm going to keep claiming it. Bermuda Triangle throws everything. Okay, so back to the swell that you asked about. Last episode on episode number seven, um, we talked about how we might be breaking out of the wintertime pattern that we were in. I mean, excuse me, the summertime pattern, right. how we might emerge back into a winter pattern. This is exactly what's happened. Um, we jumped, you know, that high, that was uh, the Bermuda High, has shifted southeast, which allows more storms to come off the mid Atlantic, allows cold fronts to come further south. And that's exactly what happened uh, last... Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. <clears throat> we had uh, a cold front kind of start to come down the state, 
It came just enough south that we got some uh, wind in our window to make some waves, and it didn't get blown out because the front didn't push all the way south, which is something that we see a lot of the time here. So that was wind swell that came through? It's like your general cold front right. swell, okay. which is uh, like any wave wind driven, right. but it's not necessarily due to like a massive low that's right. going to spin that's up. Pushing. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's basically the, the advent of colder, drier air pushes all that stuff down uh, the state and it seems to sort of funnel down into South Florida because of the way the Bahamas are. Right. And every once in a while when it's just big enough and just from the right angle, we get a little wave down here. Was that this past Wednesday swell, was that limited to just us? I, I know there were some waves up the road. How far up did it go? Where was the, where was the shadow that it kind of was blocked and it didn't really hit anywhere? Were there waves pretty much on the whole coastline? Oh, no. I mean, this will be um, really a South Florida kind of event when you see these cold fronts come down, um, which is why you get a lot of people coming from up north. They'll come down to surf that blue water in the yeah. beaches and stuff. Um, it's, a, it's a phenomenon that's really just brought in by that Arctic air that comes south, Arctic, for us in Florida, 68 <laughs> degrees, 68 degrees and dry. <laughs> but um, when that stuff comes down, it pushes uh, a northerly swell in our direction. And if the direction's right and the duration of the wind and, and everything else is right, we'll see a wave down here. Sometimes, like it pushes so far south, it'll come like where you'll see like the blue and little dotted line come like to Broward County. Right. And so if there's wind blowing like onshore hard as hell all the way up the coast up to Broward County and then South Beach for some reason it'll be like just a little south that line and it'll be glassy maybe overcast right and it's like well weird like the whole place is blown out except for our spot and it could be like maybe for an hour maybe it can be for two three four or maybe an entire day where that front just kind of dissolves right there dissipates right in Broward County line and we get no wind uh, and crazy. get all that swell. And so that's kind of what happened last week. Um, we were looking for that first kind of cold front to come down. It made it a good way down the state and um, pushed in a little bit of a swell that showed up here. And if you were on it, I mean. God, it was fun. You and I were talking early that right. morning. We're right. like, oh, you see what I'm seeing? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. kind of hoping and waiting right. that it might show. And then I had to actually go um, do some client stuff, but. Um, Mid-morning through midday was probably, I mean, there was nobody out. Yeah, was so like, and yeah I was talking to Davo, and Davo was all like, he was, it was like 8.30, he was sitting on the beach, and there was nobody out, he's holding his board, and he was like, are there sharks here? <laughs> is there something wrong with the water? Why isn't this, and like, I mean, you got to imagine, like, it's knee high, and we have 30 people out yeah. there. So, like, all of a sudden, like, thigh to wayside, clean swell coming in, nobody out, you have to wonder what's wrong. And it just was, nobody was really kind of expecting it, right? Yeah. And if you kind of waited in the morning, as I did, looking at the cam, you didn't really see anything. Right. Because it was such a lull, it was like 15 right. minutes. So you could totally like look at the cam, oh, it's flat, and take off. But 15 minutes later, set comes in, waist high, super fun, got a little bit more consistent. Yeah. Um, and then the wind was kind of textured on it as well. And, and I saw you in the evening. Yeah. I served that evening, and there were still plenty of waves coming yeah. in. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah, it was great. But nothing. Maybe not like anything that we're going to see in the next couple days. I mean, no, no, no. I mean the train. Okay. Here we come. Choo -choo. Right, so, the pipe train is going. All right. So that's, that's the whole thing is that when we see patterns like this set up, it's generally mean that there's going to be wave generation from multiple systems over multiple days, maybe even weeks. Um, I'm a big 
big fan of a trend. Okay. You know, and forecasting the trend is your friend. Are we trending? We are trending, like I said, we were trending into the summertime patterns. Like, weird, how come we've got that high blocking everything that's coming down that's kind of abnormal for this time of year? That high is retreated. We're coming back into a winter trend. And that trend is definitely our friend here. Um, so we're seeing this cold front come down. So Saturday, well, actually the front came through. We got some rain earlier today. Um, we should see the, the swell from that tomorrow, maybe into Sunday. And that's not even the swell that everyone's waiting for. Which is, you know, the thing that's like super exciting and nerdy for me is that everyone's like, oh, the swell's coming. And I'm like, mm -hmm. multiple swells are coming. <laughs> and you know, like I know some people scored today um, and yesterday up coast, and they're We're starting there. super long period swell, like 18 seconds. And that's not even from this storm. That's from a storm that departed days, days ago. Um, that was out in the mid-Atlantic and now is, you know, probably like coming through um, Great Britain, Ireland, you know, the Black Sea, up all, all up in that. And it's like pushing through there already. That sent a swell and it's coming down here and there was a long wait between sets up there, but if you're out, the wind was good and there was a, a solid swell for Florida. Really solid. So no one even like really paid attention to that one. Right. You know, and it's because everyone's waiting for that big purple monster that right. they see on all the major forecasting sites. Right. And that's not gonna show up here until, you know, like probably Sunday into Monday right. in South Florida. Right. Um, maybe slightly before that up coast. But there's a there's a lag time in all these things. So right now we've got this cold front that's gonna come through. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> the ever elusive Dave monster. So we've got this swell that's gonna come down as a cold front swell, like our normal, like if, if, this, if this low wasn't emerging from the mid-Atlantic right now and wasn't going to be the, I mean, craziest low right. we've seen all winter, then I'd be already excited for this front. Right. I'm like, all right, we got a shot. So it doesn't mean anything. So we got this front coming through, it's gonna give us some waves this weekend, looks like we'll have wind attached to that. But maybe not so bad down here. Really? This is the thing that I think is so interesting about surfing way Because the local itself. forecast shows that we have north, northeast uh -huh. winds at 15 knots or so. Right, but they're all, no, no, no. No, that's what like, that's like, they're doing north winds for tomorrow, north winds for Sunday, but they're showing much stronger winds out in the Gulf Stream. So they're showing a gradient between offshore and here. And sometimes all you need is that like little bit of time in the morning where the sun from the day hasn't heated the land, hasn't heated the ocean, the wind will just veer right. to the north northwest, right. and for certain places in South Florida, <clears throat> I wouldn't know what you're talking about. That can do the thing nowhere around here. Just for a few hours, and you know the whole state will be blown out. Victory at sea, enormous, not I mean barely surfable. And is that, is that why we're getting phone calls from people up coast, from people up in Jersey, from people in Hawaii? I'm like, yes. should I fly out to Florida right now? Should I fly to Miami to go surf? And you're like, you live in Hawaii. Why would you ever want to do that? <laughs> yes, we're about to get to that point. Okay. We just finished out the forecast yeah. here. And then we'll get into the, uh, the next topic, which is why is South Beach such a unicorn? Mm. Um, so we're moving forward. This cold front swell is going to come through Saturday into Sunday. We're going to see that mix in with the, you know, that major swell that we're seeing um, coming up from the mid-Atlantic storm that's going to come off or just came off Montauk. And um, 
When's it gonna be on it? Yeah, it's definitely gonna be a consideration for the first few days of the swell. As we get into Monday afternoon, into Tuesday, we're looking at the wind drop. Right, and, and is that statewide or is that mostly just here? Well, that's a good question. So it's gonna happen across the state, but it's gonna happen in different places at different times. Start here, work its way up. Uh-huh, and so you need to be very aware that your conditions locally may not be indicative of conditions 30, 40, 50, 100 miles off the road. Right. Or down the road for that matter. Um, so this is one of those things where there's gonna be a ton of swell in the water and you're gonna wanna look for locally where the wind conditions are best and where the tide is best. It's also, a, I mean, for Florida, it's a very big swell. So there's only a few places that can handle a swell of this size and this, this period. Yeah, um, so I find that a lot of times when you go like north of the Palm Beach line and stuff, a lot of spots just are like block long closeouts, you know, and you're just yeah. like paddling. By the time you get out to the other side, you're like three miles down the road. Yeah, and, and you're like, <laughs> okay, now what? Yeah, great. You're like, sweet. I made it out. And you're like looking for your buddies who are yeah. like three blocks away. You're still in Melbourne and you're in Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Yeah, you're just like, hey, maybe I'll just, I don't know. Yeah, so you catch like out at the two pier. giant closeouts right. and uh, call it that is that is a noodles. that is a swell in Florida, unfortunately. But you know, um, you guys that do know the spots will be able to find um, some shelter, um, whether that be from the wind, or it's going to just uh, focus the swell in a way that creates a more rideable wave than than what we um, should be getting for our little beach breaks in Florida. Um, so yeah, um, I guess looking forward to, uh, to recap, we've got. Saturday, Sunday, cold front swell, um, up coast. Size? You giving it maybe a size on for Saturday, Sunday? I mean, this is as good or if not better than any cold front swell we've seen this year. Okay. So it's going to be at least chest to head high. Okay. Um, maybe even better than that. We thinking like a Saturday evening it starts to pick up or are we looking at like first thing tomorrow? Well, the funny thing is that right uh, before I got here, uh, I saw that there was a little bit of a trace showing already. Hey, oh. Um, which is, again, like Bermuda Triangle stuff. Right. It's so hard to tell what's gonna happen. All you know is that in situations like this, the ocean is moving. The, the entire Atlantic Ocean is moving. And generally, when the ocean moves that much, all the way down here, we feels out reverberations, right. Right. and we get it in like the funniest, cleanest, most comic book of ways. So, I mean, it almost naturally segues into our next topic. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Where it's, it's South Beach, the unicorn of surf. Why, why is it? Why is it that people want to surf here? Like, it's like we've it's the best have, on the right, And you have so many of, of like great pros from your Chris Wards to your Lopez brothers that have huh? surfed it and just like claim it as well. The Geiselman guys as well. Yeah. Like, everybody from up coast said, you know, our local pros that come down here. Everyone loves it because when it's on, our bottom is great, and it's just big A-frame barrels, and it's and it's that beautiful turquoise, 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 turquoise. Why is it so hard to say? Turquoise water, <laughs> and it's just it, it is that unicorn. And the fact that you don't have to paddle that far out is yeah. pretty epic too. It's like uh, in the shadow of this, well, what is now a multi-million-dollar neighborhood, right? Yeah. And you can hear bass from the club in the lineup. You see beautiful people on the beach, up and downs, you know, not wearing models much. Models and yeah. celebrities and people that want to be models and celebrities. 
Um, it's pretty interesting. It's such a, I mean, I grew up serving in New York, and so we had, um, uh, you know, a big influence from New York City. And so it was a, kind of an urban environment. And just take that same sort of urban environment and see it here, but it's like all fabric out. Right. And it's super bizarre. And you get guys that come from all over the world just to kind of experience that white sand, perfect wave with a chick and a thong on the beach, get off the surf, and they're like, okay, I guess I got to get out of the Cuban sandwich, right. the yeah, and I'll just get back at it. Right, exactly. And that's what I love about the surf shop and the fact that we're so close to the beach is that, you know, I love that clubhouse feel in general. When I was yeah. just saying earlier about, you know, this just regular surf and people coming in and high five and having such a good time. But when we have an event like that and we have all these pros that come down here and they get to kind of come and hang out as well, like it's our time to shine a little bit and being like, you know, because we don't really really get to be that much in part of the surf culture in the, in the, <laughs> in the international limelight, if you will. So if we get those random little moments where people can kind of come in, um, and kind of appreciate what we got as well as hang out with us, you know, it's always good. Speaking of hanging out, Mr. David Begley, would you like to care to join us and kind of talk about this next coming swell coming up? <laughs> it's all I got, folks. Oh, yeah. Shaka. We've clipped them. Um, but yeah, so I, as a surf shop owner, for me, it's exciting to kind of have people from out of town kind of come, see what we got going on, talk some story, crack open some brews, eat some tacos. That's it. That's us. I mean, that's what it's all about. And it's just so eat? rare that we get to do that here. And so when those opportunities do arise, it kind of feels like everybody's invited. Like the more the merrier. Right. It becomes this sort of carnival right. atmosphere. Except when you're in the water and then you're rubbing elbows with everybody trying to get waves and all of a sudden it gets real gritty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, get off the waves. Where are you guys here from? Um, yeah, it gets pretty gnarly. Well, you can tell who they are because they're not very tan usually. <laughs> Usually, <laughs> but then again, you know, you, you see the guys rip, and it's awesome to watch that from up, you know, up coast. Guys are punting helicopter airs, and that's a whole other thing that's really cool is like to see people surf at, at a, you know, like a world caliber at your local spot, right? And your local spot being Mihai Chop, right? <laughs> there you shop. You know, it's it's not normal that that we see a swell like that, and so we wait, and you know, we we treasure it, you know. Right as surfers that live here. And when you see guys coming from out of town or you know, pros coming from Hawaii. Right, I mean, people are calling like, yo, should I really be coming down for this? And you're like, I mean, I think it's gonna be a, a good event. I mean, I, but it's like, there's always that fear still in me yeah. of like, like, I don't even wanna talk about it. Yeah. So I feel like you talk about it, then it's not gonna happen. Right. And so I'm just like, people are asking me, so what do you think, all this hype? And I'm like, I'm kind of treating it like Disney World. When you're a kid and stuff like that, you, you know you know it's coming in two weeks. If you think about it every single day, it seems forever. <laughs> but if you just forget about it, all of a sudden you wake up the next day, like, oh, we're going to Disney World. Look at that. What do you know? I think you're going to have to teach me that trick because I've had anxiety for like three weeks <laughs> watching the pattern train. And I was like, oh, God, we're going back into winter. I know what that means. And then I'm like, I wait for that low to pop up in one model, like 244 hours out. I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to happen. And I'm like, it's you 10 days out. And 10 days in a model is like, you might as well not even look at it. Right. <laughs> and, and that seems to be one of the topics that I've heard from you as well as other people about a, a certain forecaster yeah, that yeah. kind of nailed this uh, you know, a pretty far out in advance, and that's really hard. Okay, so we're talking about Daboo. Daboo.com, yeah, Chicky Domain, you guys gotta check him out. Um, Chicky lives up in North Florida, and the guy loves forecasting. I mean, there's, oh, yeah, I mean, there's no way around it, and um, 
as a forecaster myself, like I see that in him and we trade notes, we talk sometimes on the phone and everything. And it's, it's really important as a, as a surf forecaster in a place like Florida to trade notes because right. there isn't, <laughs> there's not much in the way of education and this kind of stuff. It's just the school of hard knocks. And right. I know he's been doing it a long time. I've been doing it a long time. And so when we get to kind of understand why do you think that's going to happen and why do I not think that's going to happen, maybe we can come to some sort of agreement. Right, and say like, calibrate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but Chicky's really, really good at, at, at looking at the long-term trends. Um, he he's just more, feels in his elbow, huh? He's just like not even, buddy. I wish he I wish he was that old school. He looks at computer models, right? And and uh, these are the weather models that are looking at what's going to change the climate, what's going to change our weather, and these are the things that make waves. And he's not even like a fan of forecasting for uh, his local spot. He's a fan of like waves. So when when a, a storm pops up in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, he's excited <laughs> whether it's going to make waves for him in his local spot or if it's going to make waves in like West Africa. Right. It's just, you look for certain uh, patterns, you look for certain uh, strength of storms develop and that becomes kind of like energizing to you. That becomes like a, a caffeine where you're like, and I was oh gonna my say, God, I it's mean, getting bigger. I can only imagine what that feels like if you're forecasting something 10 days out and then it still is holding five days out and then it's still, and it's about to come to light. That's got to be such a big rush. Like, oh, yeah. just like, you're the ultimate high five to yourself. You're like, <laughs> you rock, thank you. I mean, there's a lot of anxiety, too, the whole way through. Because, I mean, like, um, Chicky posted in the beginning of February, you know, same thing that we've been talking about, how it's blocking high, he's going to set up, and it's basically going to turn our winter into summer very quickly. And then he talked about how, you know, just like we did, how that can change. And we still have winter left, so... It seems like summer right now, but just wait. And slowly but surely, you know, that prediction came to be truth. And now you're seeing winter coming back. It's gonna be cool here, you know, over the weekend, weather-wise, and that's typical of winter. We're gonna get a cold front swell again, like we had last week, typical of winter. And now we're just seeing this massive low set up in the North Atlantic, which is typical of a, her, uh, of a wintertime pattern. Mm. So you just go through it, you know, um, and you get excited when you see the pattern change, and then you hope that you know what you're seeing many, 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 many days out comes to fruition. Right. And you know, I know Chicky does this, and I know I definitely do this. Is the closer you get to you know like D-Day when the swell actually arrives, the better you're going to be at your forecast. So it's right. like I knew that we were going to get waves in the beginning of March, like some weeks ago. I didn't know what day or how. But I knew the pattern was changing enough where I was like, oh, we got a shot again in winter. Nice. You know, like, don't, don't give up on winter yet, guys. We got a shot. Because I was done with it. I yeah, that was a few, I mean, a few podcasts. February and it felt like summer. And it was like one of the warmest Februarys on record. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it feels like that. And it's like, well, look at, look at the climatology. We're not out of winter yet. And so I was holding on to that kind of fact. And luckily for my forecasting, That's it pans so out good. that way. So Chicky does that stuff too. If you guys don't follow him, check out Dubu.com. And Chicky, if nobody's giving you guys, sorry, if nobody if nobody's giving you a high five, dude. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a unicorn down here. Um, South Beach is like even in the realm of forecasting these sorts of things, it's threading a needle. Yeah. You know, it's it's so much harder than 
I mean, there's not many spots in the whole world I can think of that are as hard to right. pass as I mean, hopefully in a couple of days we'll be threading that needle. Yep, very much looks like that. Um, so yeah, South Beach, really hard to forecast. Chicky, love your stuff, buddy. Um, keep it coming. Mm -hmm. And um, all right, that brings us kind of to the next thing I want to talk about because there's been um, a lot of stuff happening in the news uh, with millennials and just like how everybody else in society is viewing them. And, um, and are these really the millennials or are these the Zenelios? That's a good point. I'm just going to call them the kids these days. Kids these days, I like The it. kids these days. What is happening with the kids these days? They're not like us. No, they're a lot more proactive, it seems like. They're, and they have a lot more connections. And they're a lot smarter than I think a lot of people give them credit for. That's what it seems like to me. You know, and, and more so that they've tapped into this something within themselves that maybe they didn't even know about. Like, or maybe they didn't understand their strength. Maybe they didn't understand, like they figured, oh, movements or strengths or things getting done are for people that are older. Or maybe they figured, yeah, maybe that's how we've built society to think so much that you think your elders are the ones that know best and are going to go ahead and do the best. When, and you're just a kid. What do you know? Well, it's definitely been the paradigm, I think, of late. And we've seen it historically through Absolutely. history. I mean, I'm not going to go and give you guys a history lesson now, but, you know, the youth does come and they rise up and they shake the whole structure that you think is intact. And you realize, you know, there's a lot of weaknesses in, in what has been the case for so long and people just accept it as the case. And, I mean, um, sometimes it takes trauma, it takes something dramatic to occur for people to kind of, like, wake up to that awareness and, and start to do things about it and you know it's it's not just about like the the awful things that we've seen in shootings at schools and with guns and all these other things it's they have this power um that i think they're starting to realize and and generally i find them to be nice kids right you know like and smart and, and good and like good willed right they want they want the right things they, they seem right. to have they seem to have a very good moral compass right I don't think we had that as kids growing up. Uh, I mean, you had. I mean, it, it, you had so much other things. I mean, technology has allowed for these kids to be able to really be in touch with each other uh -huh. constantly. Whereas we were just passing notes in class, <laughs> you know, yeah. or you were, were getting things secondhand or thirdhand. Whether it's you know what the government was doing or uh -huh. this or that, like everything is so now. Uh, every you know everything like everything's just so content driven. Things are just changing so fast. But it seems like these kids have a pretty good understanding of how to stay a little bit in front of that or how to be able to utilize it yeah, yeah. to best serve whatever it is that they, they want. And I think organizational skills from a lot of these kids and a lot of these kids that are leading the charge are just kind of blowing minds right now. Yeah, I guess it's like you said, it's because of the technology. They have the tools and they know how to use these tools from like their own personal lives. Right. It's like they didn't realize... Right. Oh, I could use this for other stuff. Right. And I mean, stuff that means something to me and yeah. stuff that means something to someone else. And let's get together and they're able to get in touch with that person in Japan or that person in Wichita yeah. and find some other people that are kind of on that same length as, wavelength as them and saying, hey, you're right. This isn't wrong. Or, hey, I support that too. And find ways to kind of organize and do stuff that is way easier and better and more powerful than what we've been able to do. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm stoked on that. Like, I, I hope they really continue to push that envelope we need that sort of change. Um, we nope. need so here's a whole other thing. Like, let's take it outside of like all that social change that's been happening. Let's take it back to the lineup. 
this is where I feel most comfortable, really. This is not a show about politics right. or, or society, although right. we've delved into these topics due to, I guess, our interest in such right. things. But, like, the Larsons and, um, you know, Billy? Yes. I wonder how the hell those kids develop. The kids, they're, like, probably, like, 10 years younger than me. But anyway, no. um, like, how do they develop they're like this? they're, like, sophomores and seniors right now. Okay, so maybe, like, 15 or 20 years old. But anyway, like... They seem like they have this grasp of some sort of culture, and I'm like, where the freak did that culture come from? Because I don't see it here. Right. You know, like I, it's not in the shop. It's yeah. not in the lineup. Yeah. They've like developed their own style of surfing, of uh, I don't even know what else, like art, um, communication, and they've started to like mold this all together into something that I don't. I mean, it's hard to recognize for me. It's great because there's like, it's like part bohemian, you know, part like free love, and then, but at the same time, like part punk and part like technology. And it's just purposeful though. Right. It's like, do you know how long it takes to do some of these things that they do? Right. It, it's like, they do it so they put, easy. They put together like all this multimedia stuff where right. it's like, wait, so you guys went surfing, but then you decide that you're actually going to film the whole thing. Right. You're gonna have like segments, right. or I don't even know. Maybe right. they don't think about it. Maybe it comes naturally. I, I have no idea. It's so confusing to me because the product that they push out, I'm like, these guys look like they're like professional branders. Like right. they, they have this whole lifestyle that they've branded, and I'm like, they look they're, cool. They're, they're able to tell a great emotional story, and that and that's what oh. and, that, and that's what connects. I you know maybe they're tapping into what is the most natural part of them, which is what we all tap into as well when we see things. Like you have companies that specifically try to brand and try to create a moment or a feeling so that you feel it, you identify with it, and then you go purchase whatever it is. These kids are doing it because it's like, it's just their form of expression, and it's natural and organic to them, and it's naturally registering with all of us. Like we're just Dude, like, it's yes, so well. yes. It's being able to say something that you maybe not, were able to have words to put to, yeah. you know? Uh, and it's great because that, that's kind of where things are at. You know, I mean, that's what we try to do here at the shop is create some sort of emotional connection to the brands that we carry, how we curate the place and stuff like that. And those kids are just doing it with, this is my life. <laughs> and, and I think like, it has to be this technology that allows them to, to communicate with people that are not necessarily like, in the local scene. Right. I've never seen anybody longboard like those two girls longboard. And what's crazy is they grew up here, and their mom grew up here surfing as well, but they're mostly surfing up in Fort Pierce and whatnot because they acknowledge, they're like, I want to surf. So they're, they're going to make the trek, and they're, they're going to go up there. And then, but as they do that, they're, they're filming stuff, and they're getting content out of it, and, and it's kind of cool. And then they're kind of doing what they do, getting all schnazzy out there. And, <laughs> and by, but it's great because they're, they're, they're locals that grew up here, and their mom grew up here. But like, I just saw them recently as well, and you know, they stand out because they rip. And they're just, and they're, but, they're, but they're like just such cool kids that you're just like, dude, I want to just hang out with your energy. You're cool. Yeah. yeah. I definitely give them the cool stamp of approval and whatever it is that they're doing, like I hope that all the other kids start to follow suit. Uh, and what I've seen through like I guess all this other stuff is that that is I guess what yeah. that generation is and they have this enormous power. Um, hopefully we can all, as I guess being a little bit older, guide them to, to put that stuff into and, and so, good energy. And support it, you know, they're, you know, they're here, they're, they're powerful, you know, we're, we're hearing them, I support it, I got your back. The other thing I notice about the kids these days is they're super nice. Like, at least in the lineup. Like, the kids I see out here are, like, the most respectful, uh, driven, motivated kids. I'm like, 
how in God, like, that's not what... An articulate. Were, I know, that's not what we were as kids. Yeah. I was, you know, like, dragging my tongue on the ground and just looking for a shady place to hang out with my friends and not be seen by anybody. And here they are, you know, like, doing the complete opposite. They're like, I'm here. I'm going to tell you what we're all about. I'm going to tell you what I stand for. And I'm going to be super respectful in, in the way that I deliver it. And it's, it's like, age beyond their years. And so it's super cool to see all that stuff. Um, well, it's I feel not, like I'm a super old guy all of a sudden. Well, but it's nice to see. I mean, when I was younger, because I'm probably about a good eight, ten years older than you, maybe eight years. Oh, uh, I'm older. Uh, when I was a kid, it was Planet. It was Captain Planet. You know, that was our. Dream. I grew up with Captain that Planet. Was, that was our yeah, recycling yeah, yeah. guy that kind of told us about things, and you're like, okay, and whatnot, yeah, and Earth. you know, and you kind of right, and you kind of create your own, you know, social responsibility accordingly and stuff like that. But like, and you kind of learn about things, and maybe when you got older, you're able to articulate, you know. What, what drives you or moves you in that fashion. And these kids are able to do it now. And I, I hope my daughter, as she grows up, is able to kind of gravitate towards that. Maybe these kids are catching it earlier and earlier in life and they're saying, you know, our parents are not doing it. <laughs> let's, let's do something about it. Yeah, Because no, they feel like there's some sort of importance to it. Yeah, that's totally it. They have a completely different ethos and they're driven to, to strive to meet that. Right. And... I mean, they don't give a shit Dude, if, high, if, high five if everybody else doesn't believe that. Yeah. Well, and that's what's great is that they're, they're not like, they're not cornered into a certain belief system or a certain way of doing things because my parents did it this way, my grandparents this way. Yeah. I, my parents were a Republican, I have to be Republican. You know, my parents were doctors, I need to go to, you know, medical school and stuff like that. Kids are coming out and they're like, I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. I'm going to do what I think is great. And I don't care that you know, so-and-so supports this and stuff like that, and I can't go against that. No, this is what I believe in, and why can't we just fix it? Yeah. They make it easy. They're like, enough <laughs> pork and the fat, let's just get to the facts, let's get it done with. Why aren't we getting it done? You're like, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Why aren't we getting it's it done? Yeah. They challenge that institution. Challenge, challenge, challenge. And the thing is that they are going to be the largest population uh, if they aren't already. So, I mean, if you're not paying attention to the kids these days, you better start, because they're going to run your company, they're going to be in charge of your community, and probably dating your daughter or something. And they have the finger on the pulse. They totally do. So uh, we got to bring some of those guys in and get them in on the show. Absolutely. I think they'd love that. Yeah. I think I'd love that. Yeah, no, I want to know what the hell, <laughs> how they're doing it, really. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the show. That is the show. We've got some surf coming up next week. We were talking about potentially doing a kind of just pop-up, you know, not on our normal Friday. It depends if we're yeah, doing yeah. tacos and beers. We'll bring you guys in, you know, um, to kind of join with us. We might not talk talk. We'll probably have you kind of just seeing everybody, everyone to kind of come up and do like, oh, somebody's asking me a question. It's probably not for me, but I'm going to answer it anyways. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Super cash. And uh, most importantly, we'll have a good time. Bring the whole community together. Bradley Wells. Christian, so awesome doing this. You guys, uh, do us a favor. Uh, sign up, for, uh, subscribe, I mean. I forget how to do this. I am no Ben Grady. He's good at it. Uh, subscribe, buy stuff that I don't sell. Um, come to First Shop. Uh, go to Division Winwood. Go surf. Yeah, most importantly, go surf. Follow Thank You Surfing because we are definitely going to be all over this well. I've been freaking for like weeks at a time. So um, we're on it. We'll see you guys next time. Have a good night.